European Hearts Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 39, Issue 15, Focus Issue on Mitral Valve Disease by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. Mitral Valve Disease, News from the Frontier in Valvular Heart Disease. Mitral valve disease is the new frontier in valvular heart disease. Although surgical mitral valve replacement was introduced in the late 1950s and mitral valve reconstruction later on, stimulated by the success of transarterial aortic valve implantation, percutaneous techniques have been developed. Whatever the technique, paravalvular leaks may occur and impact on outcome, an issue that is thoroughly discussed in an expert statement, Clinical Trial Principles and Endpoint Definitions for Paravalvular Leaks in Surgical Prosthesis by Carlos E. Ruiz and colleagues of the Paravalvular Leak Academic Research Consortium. They seek to provide core principles, clinical endpoints, and their definitions to be used in clinical trials of paravalvular leak closure, a five-class grading scheme to evaluate paravalvular leaks was developed in concordance with VARC recommendations, and unresolved issues in the field are outlined. Overall, the consortium provides recommendations for assessment of disease severity, data collection, and endpoint definitions. For planning of structural percutaneous and surgical procedures, 3D printing holds promise. Thomas Bartel from the Cleveland Clinic Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates discusses this issue in his review entitled Medical Three-Dimensional Printing Opens Up New Opportunities in Cardiology and Cardiac Surgery. Structural interventions in valvular and congenital heart disease require precise pre-procedural planning. Although current imaging modalities and post-processing software assists with periprocedural guidance, their capabilities for spatial conceptualization remain limited in two- and three-dimensional representations. In contrast, 3D printing offers improved visualization for procedural planning and provides incremental information for surgical reconstruction and device implantation. A variety of clinical applications are available showing how accurate 3D computer reformatting and physical 3D printouts of native anatomy, embedded pathology and implants are, and how they may assist in the development of innovative therapies. Accurate imaging of pathology, including target region for intervention, its anatomical features and spatial relation to the surrounding structures, is critical for selecting optimal approach and evaluation of procedural results. Pulmonary hypertension is a common consequence of valvular heart disease and usually, but not always, improves after correction of the lesion. In a fast track entitled Sildenafil for Improving Outcomes in Patients with Corrected Valvular Heart Disease and Persistent Pulmonary Hypertension, a multicenter double-blind randomized clinical trial, Javier Bermejo and colleagues from the Hospital General Universitario Gregorio Marañón in Madrid, Spain, tested in the COVAC study 
The effects of 40 mg TID sildenafil compared to placebo on outcomes of 200 patients with persistent pulmonary hypertension greater than or equal 30 mm of mercury systolic after correction of valvular heart disease. Among patients receiving sildenafil, 33% worsened their composite score as compared to 15% of patients receiving placebo. Worse composite scores in the sildenafil group were confirmed in the per-protocol analysis and after adjustment for covariables. Thus, as in patients with persistent pulmonary hypertension after corrected valvular heart disease, sildenafil is surprisingly associated to worse clinical outcomes, its use should be avoided in such patients. These results are further discussed in an editorial by Nazarino Gallier from the University of Bologna in Italy. Certain genetic mutations are known to affect the morphology of the mitral valve and can be associated with regurgitation. For instance, phylamine A was first identified as a cause of non-syndromic mitral valve dystrophy. Thierry Le Tourneau and colleagues from the Institut de Thorax, INSAM UMR 1087 in Nantes, France, investigated its impact on outcomes in their paper New Insights into Mitral Valve Dystrophy, a Philomen A Genotype Phenotype and Outcome Study. They analyzed 246 subjects, of which 72 were mutated, from four Philomene A mitral dystrophy families harboring three different Philomene A mutations with echocardiography in comparison with control relatives. In this X-linked disease, valves lesions were severe in men and moderate in women. Most men had classical features of mitral valve prolapse, but without caudal rupture. By contrast to regular mitral valve prolapse, mitral leaflet motion was restricted in diastole and papillary muscles position was closer to the mitral annulus. Abnormalities were similar in the four families in adults and from early childhood, suggesting a developmental disease. Also, lesions worsened over time, as in degenerative prolapse. Polyvalvular involvement was frequent in males and non-diagnostic forms frequent in females. Overall, survival was moderately impaired in men. Cardiac surgery rate was markedly increased, owing mainly to a lifetime increased risk in men. Thus, phylamine A mitral dystrophy is a developmental and degenerative disease with complex phenotypic expression and unique features with both mitral valve prolapse and paradoxical restricted diastolic motion, subvalvular mitral apparatus impairment, and polyvalvular lesions in males. These novel findings are put into context in a thoughtful editorial by Gaetano Tiene from the University of Padua Medical School in Italy. As indicated in the previous paper, Outcomes is an important consideration in mitral valve disease, particularly in degenerative mitral regurgitation. However, the lack of mortality scores predicting death 
favours misperception of individual patients' risk and inappropriate decision-making, an issue addressed in a manuscript by Francesco Grigioni and the MIDA investigators entitled The MIDA Mortality Risk Score, Development and External Validation of a Prognostic Model for Early and Late Death in Degenerative Mitral Regurgitation. The MIDA registries include 3,666 patients with isolated degenerative mitral regurgitation diagnosed by echocardiography. The MIDA score was derived from 2,472 patients of the MIDA flail registry and externally validated in 1,194 patients of the MIDA BNP registry. In predicting total mortality post-diagnosis, the MIDA score showed excellent concordance both in the derivation and validation cohorts. In the entire MIDA population of 3,666 patients, five-year survival with scores 0, 7 to 8, and 11 to 12 was 98 plus or minus 1%, 57 plus or minus 4%, and 21 plus or minus 10% under medical management, and 99 plus or minus 1%, 82 plus or minus 2%, and 57 plus or minus 9% after surgery. MIDAS score provided incremental prognostic information over guideline-provided prognostic markers and the Euroscore 2. Thus, the MIDAS score represents an innovative tool for degenerative mitral regurgitation management. Its clinical utility is critically discussed in an editorial by Alec Fahagnin, from the Hôpital Bichat in Paris, France. Guidelines, and in this context the 2017 ESC guidelines on valvular heart disease, are a central part in today's clinical practice. Whether and to what degree they are implemented is reported on in an article by Bernard Lung and colleagues from the Bichat Hospital in Paris, France, entitled Educational Needs and Application of Guidelines in the Management of Patients with Mitral Regurgitation, a European Mixed Methods Study. Following a qualitative phase, i.e. interviews, an online survey was undertaken using three case scenarios describing asymptomatic severe primary mitral regurgitation, symptomatic severe primary mitral regurgitation in the elderly, and severe secondary mitral regurgitation in 115 primary care physicians and 439 cardiologists or cardiac surgeons from seven European countries. Systematic cardiac auscultation was performed by only 54% of clinicians in asymptomatic patients. Three quarters of cardiologists appropriately interpreted echocardiographic findings of mechanism and quantification of primary mitral regurgitation, but only 44% recognized secondary mitral regurgitation as severe. In asymptomatic severe primary mitral regurgitation with an indication for surgery, 27% of primary care physicians did not refer the patient to a cardiologist and medical therapy was overused by 19% of cardiologists. 
In the elderly patients with severe symptomatic primary mitral regurgitation, 72% of cardiologists considered mitral intervention, i.e. transcatheter edge-to-edge valve repair. In severe symptomatic secondary mitral regurgitation, optimization of medical therapy was advised by only 51% of primary care physicians and 33% of cardiologists, and surgery considered in only 30% of cases, but transcatheter edge-to-edge repair in 64%. Thus, systematic auscultation is underused and medical therapy overused in primary mitral regurgitation and underused in secondary mitral regurgitation. Indications for interventions are appropriate in most patients with primary mitral regurgitation but are unexpectedly frequent for secondary mitral regurgitation. These gaps identify important targets for future educational programs. Transcatheter aortic valve replacement, or TAVI, is an established treatment option in high-risk patients with tricuspid, but now also bicuspid, aortic stenosis. Evaluation of inter-ethnic differences in valve morphology and function and aortic root dimensions is important for the worldwide spread of this therapy in this subgroup. Jeroen J. Bax and colleagues from the Leiden University Medical Center in the Netherlands evaluated differences of European and Asian patients with bicuspid aortic valves in their article Inter-Ethnic Differences in Valve Morphology, Valvular Dysfunction and Aortopathy Between Asian and European Patients with Bicuspid Aortic Valve. Of 1,427 patients with bicuspid aortic valve, 56% were Europeans and 44% Asians. Asians had higher prevalence of type 1 bicuspid aortic valve with refi between right and non-coronary cusps than Europeans, whereas the Europeans had higher prevalence of type 0 bicuspid aortic valve with two commissures and no refi than Asians. The prevalence of moderate and severe aortic regurgitation was higher in Europeans than Asians, whereas there were no differences in bicuspid aortic valve with normal function or aortic stenosis. After adjustments, the dimensions of the aortic annulus, SOV, sinotubular junction, and AA were significantly larger among Asians compared with Europeans. These findings will have important implications for prosthesis type and size selection for transcatheter aortic valve replacement in the two ethnicities. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.